My name is Laura Caton, and I'm a nonprofit arts administrator. Cameron Creel, uh, I'm a software engineer. Amanda Bain Wysocki, and I'm a social worker. It's a cold January morning in Culver City, Los Angeles. A group of about 12 people are gathering in a hotel lobby. It's early, around 7 in the morning, but these people look pretty perky. At first glance, it's hard to tell why they know each other or even if they know each other. Gregory Saja, I am a cardiologist. Liz Jensen, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. One thing they all share, you might have an inkling. I moved around a lot as a kid because my dad was in the Air Force, so, you know, watching it in all kinds of different states, and it's on at different times, but it's still always Jeopardy. I've been watching it uh, for my whole life, um, but now my wife and I have watched it at dinner since we started dating. Um, Now we watch it every night with our two kids. I'd watch it every day with my dad, and uh, I even had a little song that I would sing for Daily Doubles. Daily Double, Daily Double, Daily Double. For some, it's been a long process to finally get there. I actually tried out for the show as a teenager for the teen tournament. I first auditioned for the teen tournament in high school. I actually tried out for Kids Jeopardy like 20 years ago. And sometimes life got in the way. I did get a text asking if I wanted to be on the show um, last April, which was exactly the day that I was due to give birth to my first child. But now they are all there. They are finally contestants on Jeopardy. This is a tape day when Jeopardy films five games in a single day. The contestants are about to board a shuttle to take them to the Jeopardy set where a million things are happening. Up in the production booth, technicians are color correcting video clues. On the stage, the crew is prepping for contestants to show up, and in the library, the host, producers, and writers are finalizing the day's game material. But today, we won't be thinking about all that. Today, we're going to follow the contestants. We're going to walk in their shoes. I'm your host, Buzzy Cohen, and from Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV, this is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. This week, it's Contestants on Set. We hear from so many interesting people on this podcast about their love for learning. What if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? You can with Masterclass. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best for just $10 a month. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. Confidently navigate the media with the influential intellectual Noam Chomsky. Use science to solve your problems with Bill Nye. Or learn from the past with Pulitzer Prize-winning historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. I personally enjoy James Clear's class that is helping me build smarter habits to help tackle daily challenges. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com jeopardy. That's 15% off at masterclass.com jeopardy. Masterclass.com slash Jeopardy. When Jeopardy hopefuls first get the call, they might be doing any number of things, 
washing their dishes or picking up their kids from school or just getting out of a work meeting. Hi, I'm Karina with Jeopardy. I'm a contestant producer on the show. I just want to go over your application, make sure everything we have on here is up to date. Lately, I've gotten a couple of people that are like, is this really Jeopardy? Like, even after I go through the whole thing, I'll go through every bit of information. I'm like, woo, if this is a scam, we're good. Um, But (laughs) my newest thing I'll say is like, well, Go check when we won the Emmy this last year. I'm the woman in the blue dress who almost did cartwheels on stage. That's one of the contestant producers, Karina Nushu. It's really her, I promise. Karina's been working on the show for 17 years. Karina and the other contestant producers are the faces and voices that contestants see and hear the most on their big day. The contestant producers ensure that no one gets hangry or parched. They shuttle the group from place to place and act as therapists when nerves run high. They coach on gameplay, run through interview answers, and help wrangle that dang buzzer. But back to that chilly January morning, the contestant producers are there, welcoming the group that just jumped off the bus. Hey, Brian, we're just going to have you do a once-over. Renee's going to do a once-over on your hair down here, okay? okay? Just make certain no flyaways are sticking up. The Lucky 12 are in a huge cavernous space, which is actually the empty Wheel of Fortune set. And they're getting their hair and makeup done. They sit in a row of chairs facing mirrors. And the wheel, yes, that wheel, is behind their backs on stage, covered with a big sheet. The vibe is kind of like being in a museum at night. It's pretty quiet in there, but do not mistake that for boredom. There's a flurry of activity all around. Okay, this is just a no color high definition powder, and then I'm gonna go back in and kind of contour you up a little bit. Oh, love that. <laughs> I have like, like a giant moon face, you know, so I'm always trying to draw shapes in not it. Like, on, angles. Not on my watch. <laughs> that is the one and only Sandy Goodman. She's been applying foundation and rouging cheeks for two decades. She has seen it all. She even made me look pretty good on TV. No moon shapes allowed. I'll have to come take my union card away. (laughs) And close one second. There is a lot of nervous energy on the Wheel of Fortune set. You can feel it in the shifting around in chairs, the throat clearing, the eyes darting around from place to place. I'm going to just make sure you're not shiny. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's usually... The struggle I face. The hair and makeup team is all gentle instruction. Every stroke of a brush, a reminder that everything's going to be okay. And like I told the uh, hairdresser, making me look good is extremely difficult. So you'll be you'll be earning your paycheck today. What are you talking about? You got such a cute little face. Thank you for saying that to me. Come on. We got you. You're going to look so handsome on camera. Are you kidding me? While the contestants are getting dolled up, Karina grabs a microphone, stands up high, and from a perch in the audience, addresses the group. Um, hi, everybody, and welcome. My name is Karina. I'm one of the contestant producers on the show. How's everybody doing today? I'm going to be giving you a whole lot of information about how to play the game. Before I begin, I want you to all turn off your cell phones. I think that was already told to you, and it's off-off, not pretend-off. 
We don't want to look up at any point C and text in a way. Um, and that's just to make sure you're not writing the writers. I know you're not doing that, but it can't, you know, we, don't, we have to look you no know, impropriety. We're not writing, hey, what's the next board? Uh, we know you wouldn't do that, but we have to just make sure um, that you aren't doing that. This is the famous contestant spiel that Karina knows as well as her own name. My husband knows exactly what the spiel is because he's heard it in my sleep. It's something she's said probably a billion times, but it's new information for these contestants. We are under security the entire day, not only physical security, you met some of our security guards, but also security in the sense of how the game is played. Yes, Jeopardy takes security very seriously. No, it's not metal detectors and bomb-sniffing dogs. It's more like nobody has forgotten those painful lessons from the quiz show scandals of the 50s. In the Senate hearing room, the dramatic climax of the probe of fixed and rigged quiz shows. I lied to the American people. I lied about what I knew. And then I lied about what I did not know. That's why an outside party from standards and practices is there, too, to remind everyone what's at stake. I'm obliged to inform you uh, that it is a felony to rig or cheat or take part in the rigging or collude to affect the outcome of the game. I want you all to the best of your brilliant abilities, which I'm sure you do want to be as well. That's Matthew Godfrey from Sullivan Compliance Company. We're brought in on every single game show to ensure that the game is played in accordance with the rules and in a way and fashion that the show is depicted to the audience. Right now, Matthew is going through the Jeopardy Code of Conduct, which is pretty much what you'd expect. Don't cheat, don't mess up the production, and... You don't want to tell the world what's going to happen in April when you play. Reminder, it's January. He's talking about April because Jeopardy tapes a few weeks or months ahead of time. This game won't be broadcast until April. So please keep it to yourself. Come on, do not be the person that spoils it all. You're on Jeopardy, and your waiting room is the set of Wheel of Fortune. It doesn't get much cooler than that. Have a great day. All right, thanks, Matthew. All righty, does anybody have any... The contestants line up to make their way to the Jeopardy set. I remember when I first saw the Jeopardy set. The lecterns, the board, the clues. It was like when your dreams come true. You can feel it. You can see it and you can actually step into it. It's amazing. When the contestants set foot on set, it's 9.30 a.m. Just two hours have passed since they left the hotel lobby. Take it from me, a tape day calls for a lot of stamina. It's time now for buzzer practice. But first... Um, I just want to welcome you and congratulate you. I hope you are able to celebrate this moment, like after whatever your journey is, you made it on Jeopardy! It's the man himself, Ken Jennings. Well done. 100,000 people tried out this year, and you guys are the cream of the crop. So I hope in some sense this is the culmination of your Jeopardy dream, and you can enjoy your time here. Um, In fact, that's really the the main tip I have, is that the more you can just kind of try to relax and enjoy the strangeness and the beauty of this moment, um, instead of just getting so hung up on the outcome, like, I think you'll relax, and I think you'll play better. It's just a -a one-of-a-kind experience, and it's... I know firsthand it's going to go by so fast. It's going to seem like you're just up here for minutes and suddenly you'll be like, wait, what just happened? The game's over? Um, it's just it's a pleasure for me to hang out with uh, Jeopardy contestants. You folks are the engine that runs the show. So thank you for being here. 
And uh, I just want you to know, I'm, I, hopefully I'm a friendly presence up there. I want you to feel like you're welcome, like I'm rooting all of you on. Um, I'm gonna do everything I can so that you don't feel like it's a weird, intense, intimidating experience. You know, I want you to feel like you're on your own home court uh, the whole time, because I just want to see you do well. Thank you for being with us today, and um, they don't let me do the show in a Uniqlo hoodie, so I'm gonna go change, and uh, I'll come back out. Ken leaves to get his hair and makeup done. Either side of the aisle, this side of the studio, okay? Sit on either side of the aisle, space yourselves out, this side of the studio. The 12 are directed to sit at the right side of the audience, and the rehearsal is about to begin. Just like the real game has its own host, so does the rehearsal. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Jeopardy! Yeah! Let's uh, on behalf of our entire production crew, my name is Jimmy. I am your stage manager today, and I'm going to help you get through this rehearsal. That's Jimmy McGuire. He's the stage manager. We'll get to that part of things too, but right now, he's playing the role of rehearsal host. Jimmy is standing in as host for three contestants at a time. They'll each get their chance to stand up on stage behind a lectern and buzz in on clues. Plus, everyone will get two practice rounds each. For many of them, that's going to be the first time they've ever touched the actual buzzer on stage, um, their signaling device. That's the enabler, Michael Harris. You might remember him. He sits off stage and enables the three signaling devices, also known as buzzers, allowing contestants to ring in. Okay, it's time for the first three to step up on stage and give it a go. Just rehearsal, just rehearsal. In that order, everybody. Just watch your step. Okay. We'll have you go this way. All crew to headsets, please, for rehearsal. And in Thank that you. order, it was Brandy. Yeah. So, Brandy, watch your step coming up. Oh, Amanda. Amanda, I'm sorry. Once the three are behind their lecterns, crew members make small adjustments here and there. Like, you ever notice how Jeopardy contestants are the same height? That's because crew members raise shorter contestants up on a little lift so they all appear level with one another. It makes for a much better camera shot. Amanda, we're gonna rise you up a little bit. It's gonna be the slowest amusement park ride ever. Rise up. Here it comes, just stand like you normally would. We'll get, cause Danny's a tall, tallie on the end. You don't need to push <laughs> We'll dip you down a little bit. No, no, no. It only gets difficult when someone like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar plays because, you know, you can only raise the other contestants up so much. Never going to reach that guy. The lights are bright and hot, and the three are starting to sweat a little. A makeup tech jumps onto the stage with some anti-shine powder and pat, pat, pat. The real Jeopardy board's lit up and ready to go, but instead of real clues, a set of mock clues are illuminated, just for practice. Jimmy tells the three on stage to focus on the lights on either side of the game board. Those are your indicator lights. When you see those lights illuminate, that means it's time to ring in. Much like the contestant producers, Jimmy's doing some extra work to calm nerves. We'll give you each a test drive, and then once we get into the round, you'll get a feel for it, but don't get frustrated. This is why we rehearse. After the break, they'll play a round of Jeopardy that'll never air on TV. No cash winnings, no champions. Stay with us.
Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's practice round number one. This is Jeffrey, the rehearsal of BTR 117, 2023. <laughs> By the way, you're hearing Johnny Gilbert's voice, but that's re-recorded after the fact. He's in his 90s and he works from home these days. So producer Sarah Wickham-Foss fills in for the legendary announcer on the actual tape days. You're all today's a local history librarian from Springfield, Missouri, Brandon Rotten. A social worker from Kansas City, Missouri, Amanda Bain Wysocki. game, a chance for our players to get a feel for what it's going to be like when Ken comes out in a few moments. I do want to welcome back Randy. What a great day yesterday. Extremely impressive. Will you do it again? We should find out and see. Amanda and Dan, welcome. Pick up those signaling devices. Let's get started. At first, holding the signaling device feels a little alien, but they start to get the hang of it pretty quickly. Let's have you make a selection, Dan. Dan? Uh, not a verb for 200. You've got your toes here, Dan. It might be a little hard to make out, but that's the sound of Jimmy McGuire helping the contestants keep laser focus on what's happening right in front of them. Capable, thrive, accomplish. Dan. What is capable? Yeah, that's not the verb. Select. The clues you'll hear in the rehearsal, well, they're not exactly like the clues you'll hear in the real game. They're actually recycled from old games of the past. Remember, this is all just for practice. The 12 are getting used to the physicality of the game. Overall, the rehearsal isn't a perfect simulation. Until you're playing for real, you don't really know exactly how it feels. The stakes just aren't the same. It's a practice. And 
it's also a chance for contestants to suss each other out ahead of time. I have seen some very crafty contestants who purposefully perform poorly in rehearsal so that they do not telegraph to their potential opponents that they are actually a little bit more competent on ringing in. That's Michael Harris again, the enabler. He has seen a lot of rehearsals. Those crafty contestants he's talking about are actually the outliers, but they do crop up every now and then, and Michael remembers when they do. Like this one time when a contestant was faking it. I was like, wow, I really feel badly for this person. I hope they, you know, can really find a rhythm when the show starts. But then when they actually started their show, they not only won that game, they like won another game because their their ringing in ability suddenly was really good. It's a bit of a dance. Contestants are getting a sense of what's to come and sizing up the competition. And as you can imagine, there is a huge range of emotions on display during these rehearsal games. I've seen awe. I've seen pure joy. Um, That's always the fun ones. The ones that come on and you just see the sparkle in their eye and they are just living their best life at that moment. That is so exciting and infectious. You get ones that are quaking in their boots, like literally shaking. You could see them from off stage. You have people who shut down um, that you have to kind of coax them out. You have people who get so serious and they don't even know they're serious. After everyone's gotten a turn on the buzzer, it's time to record a quick promotional video to be aired on the contestants' hometown TV stations. These are actually called hometown howdies. Each contestant takes a turn to face the camera with a big smile, and Jimmy McGuire shows them where to look and how to pose. Ready, ready? Big smile for me. Ready where you are, Russ. Hang with me, Brandy. Three, two. Brandy, Ash, Panama City. Wait for the cue, though, okay? Wait till I give you that. Oh, sorry. It's okay. I'll count you down. (laughs) Brandy, Brandy, take a deep breath. All right. All good. Then it's time for a second rehearsal round where they do it all over again. Karina Nushu is still in very high spirits. One more time through, yeah, and uh, at different podium positions against different people. So they'll go up again a second time, and uh, and then we uh, get ready for the next for the first show. Yay! Yes, it will be awesome. When taping begins. Jimmy McGuire takes off his host hat and goes back to his regular role, stage manager. Once the show starts, I'm located behind the scenes. I have a headset on and I'm in communication with our director, our producer's table, as well as our contestant coordinators. Uh, And then most importantly, Mayim and Ken. Jimmy is like air traffic control. He wears a headset that connects him to the production booth up above, the producer sitting offstage, and the hosts. He's always listening to about 10 people at once. It's a special skill set. I'm able to sort of listen in one ear to what uh, is going on behind the scenes, but yet have an open ear to what's happening in front of me. It's shortly before 11 a.m. and the studio audience is filing in. It's time for Jimmy McGuire to pivot once again and warm him up. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Dancing with the Stars, everybody. Now, of course, I'm kidding. Welcome to Jeopardy. We are so excited that you're here. Thanks for... uh, One thing I do take most pride in is welcoming our audience. 
for a lot of these people. It's their first time at a television show, first time at Jeopardy. And uh, for me, I'm here every day, but uh, I know what it's like when you take in something for the first time. You leave with a first impression and you can never change that. Uh, by a look around the room and a show of hands, how many people are with us for the very first time? Wow! That is terrific. So listen, before we get started, I think uh, the polite thing to do would be to introduce myself. Uh, where are my Jeopardy! diehard fans, too? That's why you're here, I'm sure. Terrific! Jeopardy! tapes five games in a tape day. Three before lunch and two after. There's a morning audience and an afternoon audience, and that means a lot of coming and going. As Jimmy warms up the morning audience for game number one, it's time to figure out who will take the stage first. Karina Nushu works with Matthew Godfrey from Standards and Practices to choose two people at random. All right, so Matthew and I did a draw just before this uh, to select the first show, and our first two players are going to be Dan and Crystal! So Dan, you are alphabetically first by last name of the two, so I want you to boldly pick one of these two hands. That hand, perfect. Dan will be on the end, Crystal in the middle. Crystal, Crystal in, the in the middle. Good All luck, right, everyone. Dan, Crystal, and the returning champ take their places behind the lectern. And it's time, well, you know how this part goes. Two games later, and it's all over before they had a chance to blink, especially for the contestant who just won. My name is Crystal Zhao, and I am a tech consultant. She just won a game. I mean, it was amazing. It was really surreal, right? Like, I, even up until I started actually buzzing in and answering questions, I was just like, this isn't real. This is like a video game I'm playing. But in Crystal's second game, she couldn't keep up that momentum. Even though Crystal lost, she's buzzing with energy. And there's a sense of relief, too. For weeks since she got the call, she's been prepping for her big day on Jeopardy. Because, you know, there was a state of mind that I was in where everything that I passed on the street or saw on an internet ad, everything, I was like, oh, do I need to maybe learn this fact? Do I need to dive down into this hole, too? And to be free of that is, is kind of nice, right? Contestants like Crystal have two choices. They can pack up their things and leave the Sony lot, or stick around and watch their competitors. For the remaining contestants who have yet to go on stage, it's still nail-biting time. In between games, they would come out and say, who are the next contestants for the, for the game? So every, um, every time they came out, kind of waiting for my name, don't hear my name, so just waiting, waiting. The waiting contestants file outside to Cali Park and eat a boxed meal on a patch of AstroTurf just a few minutes away from the stage. But after lunch, it's back to set. That's after the break. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, nothing. No tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Ken loves the Friday crowd. Usually they're a little wilder. Um, Thursday crowd, they were okay, but I think you guys are going to be a lot better than that Thursday crowd. Yes? It's the last game of the day, a Friday game. In one tape day, we've magically traversed a whole week of Jeopardy. So for those folks who watch Jeopardy every day, we don't want them to think, hey, that's the same crowd that was there yesterday. I know, that's the what we, we, we kind of do with the theater of the mind. We, we, we manipulate reality a little bit. It's a new day. All right, 10 seconds. Don't let me down, Friday crew. Here we go. Throughout the entire day, at every break in taping, the contestant producers jump up on stage alongside the lecterns, giving tips and encouragement to the contestants. All right, everybody, we're going into double jeopardy here. Remember your who's and what's. Have a sip of water if you need it. You'll not be reminded if you forget it this go-around, so just remember your who's and what's. If you get that daily double towards the end of the round, think strategically what's the best way to attack it in order to be at best standing going into final, but look to see how much money is left to recoup should you get it wrong. And of course... Karina's ready to manage expectations, too. One of my big things I tell them as well during tapings, this is for everybody, I do this for everybody, but especially those people who feel disappointed with their performance on the show, you know, you got to let it go. You know, if you misspoke or you gave an incorrect response, as a, a, a very, very wise Taylor Swift saying, shake it off. Then it's time for Final Jeopardy, and this requires a little bit of a set change. We're going to get those dividers up. Uh, once those dividers are up all the way, um, thank you. As soon as those dividers are up all the way, you'll be able to use the purple paper to figure out your wager. When your wager will take the pen that you wrote your name at the bottom of the screen. Okay. Rectangle. You'll put a dollar sign, a whole dollar amount, no decimal point. But there's one part of every game that Karina doesn't help with. When you're ready to accept, you'll tap that bar above it. But do know, as soon as you tap that bar, you cannot change your wager. Now it's time to wager for Final Jeopardy. The contestants are on their own to calculate and strategize their bets. The contestant producers give them no help with that part other than a little bit of scratch paper and a pencil. We put up dividers so that they can't see each other wagering. And then basically, they're given time to figure out their wager. Have a sip of water if you need it. Do you need any water? Okay. Deep breath, everybody. We're good here. Advance, please, Michelle. No pickup. All righty, everybody. Grab your pen. In just a second, in the upper left-hand corner, you're going to be writing the word what. Just the word what. Leave it all the way in the corner, leaving yourself a lot of space, because the rest of your response is going to go in there as well. So just the word what, and I'll let you know when to write it. Then it's time to tape that shot that runs before Final Jeopardy. We're doing a dramatic camera shot of you writing the word what. All right, everybody, write the word what. Go ahead, write the word what. No is or are, because we don't know what's going to work for this particular response. What, what, what. The camera pans over the contestants like a bird of prey. Heads down, they scribble the word what onto the screen in front of them. Many moons ago, a contestant failed to write what is in Final Jeopardy, and they were ruled wrong 
because you have to answer in the form of a question. It didn't feel good to anybody, the contestant staff or the fans watching. So to prevent that from happening again, contestant producers now have each player write what or who. While we're revealing responses, we like a poker face until we know if you got it right or wrong, then emote away. And at the very end, Ken's gonna come over to have a chat with you. Your mics are live, so don't say anything naughty and no water then either, all right? Good luck, everybody. Please check your work. Good luck. So much has happened on this tape day. The returning champ who came in this morning, she fizzled out in the first game. Crystal Zhao, who beat her, ruled instead, but her reign was brief because another champ unseated her right before lunch. When I was two years old, I mimicked my my way of talking after game show hosts like Bob Barker and Wink Martindale and Alex Trebek. And so that's one of the reasons why I don't really have much of a Southern accent, even though I'm a very proud Tennessean. That's Brian Henniger. I'm a guest services agent for a chain of gas stations. He beat Crystal Zhao in game two of the day. And since then, Brian's gone on a mini streak of his own. He's held his own throughout the afternoon, and he's feeling... A, uh, relief, excitement, um, elation, pure joy. I think about a hundred things I'm feeling at the exact same moment. Brian will be back tomorrow morning, a returning champ ready to fight to continue his streak. But he won't be the only one returning. Of the 12, the contestants who didn't play, they'll be back too. Who among them will be up to the task of beating him? At the end of the day, Jimmy McGuire faces the audience for the last time. Audience, you guys were terrific, really, on behalf of everyone at the show. Uh, it really makes us feel good if you had a good time. Did you enjoy yourself today? All right, now Game number five has just wrapped. We've gotten to the end of our Friday, a week's worth of Jeopardy shortened into a day. At seven in the morning, the 12 started out as strangers on a shuttle. Throughout the day, their numbers have dwindled, but they've also gotten to know each other a bit in the breaks between taping. By lunch, competitions and rivalries have been borne out and a kinship has emerged. By four o'clock in the afternoon, they've all become part of something bigger. Once you're part of the show, you know, you're part of a of an alumni network that, you know, goes back, what, 39 years now? Try 60 years. A few months from now, they'll get to relive it all again from home. They'll switch on their TVs, relax onto the couch, surrounded by friends and family. They'll watch their edited games. They'll celebrate the clues they knew and regret the wagers they flubbed. Trust me about that one. All that time compressed into 30 minutes and somehow feeling like it's stretched into slow motion one day extended out over a whole week. A day in the life of a Jeopardy contestant. After 17 years of soothing contestant nerves, Karina Nushu has moved on from her role at Jeopardy. As someone who had their nerves lovingly soothed by Karina, I really want to wish her all the best. Next time on This is Jeopardy, the story of America's favorite quiz show. Ken Jennings makes history, but he has to keep quiet about it for a very long time. Having to keep a headline-sized secret was no fun at all. These are all games that were not going to air for months. 
I had this double life, like, like a spy where I'd have to secretly fly down to LA a couple times a month and then come back with this amazing life-changing news. And that was it. My parents didn't know, my friends didn't know, my coworkers didn't know. This is Jeopardy! The story of America's favorite quiz show is a production of Sony Music Entertainment and Sony Pictures TV. It's hosted by me, Buzzy Cohen. This episode was produced by Mia Warren, field producing by Mia Warren and Sunny Balkin. The series producers are Julia Doyle, Rob Dozier, Sylvie Lubau, and Mia Warren. Associate producers are Serena Chow and Sunny Balkin. Our series editor is Sarah Kramer. Executive producers are Lizzie Jacobs, Tom Koenig, Sarah Kramer, Michael Davies, and Suzanne Preddy. Production management help from Susanya Davenport and Tamika Balance-Kolosny. Our theme song was composed by Hannes Brown. Cedric Wilson is our engineer. Special thanks to Charlie Yetter and Steve Ackerman. And a big, big thank you to the Jeopardy staff and crew for all of their time and help on this. Shout out to Alexa Machia. If you love the show, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.